everyone, and welcome back to She's All That Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1999 examination of popularity in high school, She's All That, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And we're at minute 32, and you'll recall that yesterday ended with Zach saying, and hey, because he had just thought of something else that, that he can do since Lainey's not going to go to the beach with him. Well, minute 32 begins with Zach finishing that sentence with, maybe your dad can show me some more pool stuff. <laughs> and it's going through Dean saying, I called your house and they said you were at the beach, so I... So it's another Dean episode. Yeah. Dean, Dean, but, Dean. But not just yet. Right. My first note is, well played, Zach. Well played. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. It And what I love is that it's, again, it's not mean, but it is exactly pushing the right buttons to mm-hmm. to to work on Lainey. Like, he's not yeah. saying anything. Like, you know, he's talking very loudly so that Mr. Boggs can hear that he'd like to see more pool stuff. Mm-hmm. You'll recall the last pool stuff he saw was a jock strap. So, right. like, yeah. Lainey's, <laughs> Lainey's response to this is... I'll get my suit. Which, like, uh, she's yeah. annoyed. Uh huh. She's not afraid to let him know it. It's Listen, one of those, it, like, ugh, fine, you yeah. win. The Daria index on this minute is higher than perhaps, um, perhaps it's been since she was collecting her stuff with the painting on her back. Like, yes. It, it's a But don't l- worry, she- it'll get more Daria later this week, but in a yeah. different way. In a, in a completely different way. Um, so then we cut, do you have anything else in this scene before we go to the beach? Nope. So cut to, uh, an advertisement for California. Um. Yes. Where they're walking, taking a long walk on the beach, which Zach has assumed is one of her interests. And, um, they're. Well, I don't know. Zach assumed it wasn't one of her interests. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it's absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous um, yeah it's beautiful and he's like it's go- it's it's pretty look pretty nature stuff look at the ocean isn't it gorgeous and she says do you know how many chemicals are dumped in the in the ocean each year which God, is a very a Debbie downer yeah it's, a, yes. it's like literally like yeah um so i did try to look up how, <laughs> how many, many chemicals are jumped, chemicals. dumped into the um, of course. The answer is defined chemical. Um, and so what? Here's a, here's a quick story, a quick very jading story. Um, so I looked it up, and I found a number, and then it was like this is how much uh, mining operations dump, and it's like 180 million gallons or something. Okay. And and I was like, oh, but that's just mining. Oh man, rough. Yeah. So then. I went and searched again and I got to the EPA and the EPA was basically like in 1972 they passed this thing that was like hey ships can't just go out into the ocean and dump shit um and so they're like here are the stats from before 1972 and it's bad and then there are no stats from after but they're like it's better okay so then I went on uh Wikipedia and found the uh, the uh, the Wikipedia article for marine pollution, 
Marine pollution was a major area of discussion during the 1972 United Nations Conference on the Human Environment held in Stockholm. The year also saw the signing of the Convention on the Prevention of Marine Pollution by Dumping of Wastes and Other Matter, sometimes called the London Convention, um, even though there's more rhymes in that title than, uh, than I would want to avoid. Um, the London Convention did not ban marine pollution, but it established black and gray lists for substances to be banned, black, or regulated by national authorities, gray. Cyanide and high-level radioactive waste, for example, were put on the black list. Makes sense. The London mm-hmm. Convention applied only to waste dumped from ships and thus did nothing to regulate waste discharged as liquids from pipelines. Well, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I guess the answer is better, but not great. Um, and since, tw- since in 2017, so, you know, 18 years after this movie, uh, the United Nations adopted a resolution establishing sustainable development goals and uh, the first, no, the fourteenth uh, of one of of them is called Life Below Water, which is basically like stop having the ocean. I think it says here, yeah, uh, stop having the ocean be so fucking polluted. I think is the uh, good is the wording on that one. No, it says good. conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. And it's basically like no, but seriously, the first the first tar- target is reduce marine pollution. It says, by 2025, prevent and significantly reduce marine pollution of all kinds, in particular from land-based activities, including marine debris and nutrient pollution. So it seems like, at the very least, they're saying, they're making, you know, official resolutions. I know that that's not action necessarily, but, you know, Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act and stuff, we're all also sort of, let's do this. Yeah, now it's be- it's policies. better than completely ignoring it. Exactly. But so the like, answer is, just barely. <laughs> exactly. So the answer is, uh, in 1999, better than 1971, but perhaps <laughs> not as good as in 2021. Um, sure. That makes sense. Especially with the, the pandemic, meaning that, you know, I feel like there was probably less pollution and stuff because yeah. we were all inside, not... Unless yeah, well, if you'll ocean. recall, uh, nature is healing itself. We are the virus. For sure. Um, so, and then yeah. in conclusion, I said, to Zach's point, though, you can be concerned about the environment and still appreciate its aesthetic beauty. Like, in fact, it's wild if you don't do that. Right. If you're like hardcore environmentalist, but aren't like, look at that gorgeous sunset. Right. Like, yeah. Be like, wow, this ocean is really gorgeous in spite of the millions of gallons of chemicals that are dumped into it each day. Right. Exactly. There's, it's it's, uh, it's an over-the-top Debbie Downer line that doesn't need to be as Debbie Downer. Like, I and mean, he and, pretty much says that to her. Exactly. And I, I, yeah, and I wrote that, and then I, I hit press play, and Zach was like, okay, but... Actually, what he says is, can you at least... Can you, um, would it hurt you to smile once in a while? Which is him saying, listen, enjoy the way the ocean looks, but in a form of, you'd look prettier if you smiled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, yeah. like, he's correct. Like, And I think that she is maybe also being sort of a stick in the mud because she didn't want to be here anyway. Sure, yeah. I mean, they're both pushing each other's buttons. Like, don't threaten me with a good time sort of deal. Like, Right. Um... Yeah, and she's but. like, I smile. And he's like, uh, 
you're the biggest Debbie Downer who ever Debbie Downered. And she's like, <laughs> no, it's just you mentioned the ocean. And I thought about this thing I saw on CNN. And he says, is, forget about CNN and just, like, be a normal person for four seconds. And then Wolf Blitzer helicopters in and punches Zack in the face and, and takes Lanny off to be a journalist. The yeah, end. I mean, okay, I don't like the way, like, the you'd be prettier if you smiled underpinnings. Right. But Zack's got a point because, honestly, I mean, Lanny kind of sucks. I mean, he's, and he's, and of course, I'm, that's that's not being entirely fair because... Of me to of me to characterize him like that because what he's saying is, hey, can you enjoy life, please, for a little bit? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, not telling her like you should smile more in yeah. the way that we in twenty twenty one understand that sentence right. to mean. He's right. telling her, you know, like there are things in life to be happy about. Right, and like compared to the. Uh, do you always wear glasses or do you need those glasses or whatever? This right. scene is like night and day. It was literally well, yeah. night and day, but like. This doesn't <laughs> feel like a line. This right. feels like him genuinely being, you know, trying trying to make a connection with the like, wow, this view is great. Like, right. I know you don't want to be here, but you came with me. So right. it's so pretty, exactly. right? And she's like, no, it's awful. And he's like, can right. you just, like, not suck for a minute? <laughs> like, please, right. can you just be a, just a, just, just be a human being? I just want to look real quick at when Debbie Downer um, was first used. Because if it's after 1999, I have to, yep, 2004, I have to believe that Lainey Boggs at least was in part responsible for, for the Debbie Downer character on SNL. Like, oh, oh, I thought you oh, meant you... when the like when the term was used and surely oh. it was before 1999. Really? Oh, I'm sure. Okay, the character named Debbie Downer is a slang phrase. I mean, I have definitely been hearing the term Debbie Downer longer than 2004. It's like Susie Sunshine, like it's just right. something that's been around first known use 2005. I don't know. I, I swear I have been hearing that phrase longer than I mean, like, college. The word downer is, of course. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think you're right. I just, I wish that, yeah, like the word uh, downer what? was first used in 1886. Okay, what, what did you Google? Debbie Downer slang or slang meaning it's a useful term for the persistent pessimists in our lives those charming folks blah 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 the term dates to 2004 and in an, an eponymous Saturday Night Live sketch in which Rachel Dratch plays a woman who snuffs the light out of every conversation and with reports rem and reminiscences that are indeed total downers The earliest form of the common noun that I have found may have been coined independently from the character's name in Saturday Night Live since it is Debbie the Downer. It appeared in Tsunami Victims Need Help from All Who Can Give, published in the El Paso Times of Saturday, January 1st, 2005. I might be looking at the same article you are looking at. Uh, yeah, Worldhistories.net. No, I'm, um, no, I'm on Merriam-Webster. Merriam Webster. Oh, here, but I have the... I have the uh, us. 
us uh, an excerpt from that article that you're talking about. Debbie the Downer. Gross. Debbie the Downer. Hyphenated. What a journalistic way of... (laughs) There's, I mean, there's... Wow, everything I can see... Everything that I have found says 2004. Which is just wild to me, because I swear I have been aware of it longer than that. But, like... Yeah. Huh. Like, that baffles me that... SNL was the first place to be like, hey, you know what? Debbie Downer's alliterative. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, oh well. I don't know. I mean, I think, and I think what's interesting is you could, you could write a Rachel Dratch Debbie Downer sketch based on this scene of She's All That. Like, oh, absolutely. It, it, it would, it would basically be using most of the same lines. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> so, um, then they finish walk, walking down Transition Beach from uh-huh. Lainey's house to the other beach where the scene is actually going to take place. And the entire sunlight situation uh, goes back about three hours. Yep. And it's not sunset it's now, anymore. Nope. <laughs> it's now the middle of the day. It can't be sunrise. No, it's weird because when they were walking, the sun must have just been behind clouds or something because it really did kind of look like sunset, but it was clearly like mid-morning. Yeah. Weird. So they arrive at a beach at another sort of like kind of come around a like a, a, a cliff outcropping on the beach and then there's sort of a separate beach. When all of a sudden, the gang shows up. Oh, the gang. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All Zach's friends are there. And, and so, Dean. And so he turns... <laughs> yes. And also Dean. <laughs> so he turns to Lainey and he says, okay, listen. If we're going to be friends, we're going to have to deal with him sooner or later. To which I respond... <laughs> She doesn't want to be friends with you, so no, right. she doesn't have to deal with them. Let his her if, walk away. Exactly. His if then is correct. Correct well, yeah. logic. If they're but... going to be friends, they will also eventually have to hang out with his friends. However, <laughs> there's a <laughs> big key is... um, but there. Yeah, right. Yeah, what he's saying is like, we're going to be friends, and therefore, here's something that's inevitable. Right. Since we're going to be friends, you're going to have to such and such, I think, is what he means. But at no point has he asked her, do you want to be friends with me? Right. Which would be a very sweet thing to to say, though perhaps very out of character. But Uh I'd like to see it. I'd like to see the writers, uh, you know, do that gymnastics on... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Listen, Lainey, I'm going to stop right here. Do you want to be friends... Yeah. You know, that'd be cool. Right. Like, okay, listen, if we're going to be friends, we're going to have to deal with him sooner or later. So if you want a bail now, I understand. Yes. Give her a bail, a bailout choice right now. Because that's what he's not doing. He's specifically right. saying you can't bail. Yeah. You have to deal with my asshole friends. Right. Because we're friends now. Right. Yep. And she doesn't have a chance to say... No, we're not. And I know that you and I are, like, I know for our listeners, I know that we are coming across as very, like, but consent. 
But like consent. <laughs> consent, yeah. And like you don't have to be you know you don't have to beat people over the head with it. Right. I mean, again, I look at Heath Ledger in Ten Things I Hate About You. Right. Where there's very little grossness that I can recall, and I think I've watched it fairly recently. Yeah. That Heath Ledger gives her the chance to say no. He keeps showing up at places. He keeps but he also showing keeps up. Showing up. Yeah. Go ahead. But with the like I'm here to see this band. They're good. Right. Now, yes. He keeps showing up in a way that's like, oh, you're here too? Yeah. Now, and in a way that she's it's like... cultivated. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's like it's purposely cultivated, but it's in a way that it's believable enough for her that she's not like, stop stalking me, like in right. this movie. <laughs> Where he opens the door to her place of work and says, Lainey! Right. <laughs> Yeah, like, and and you know, prior to this podcast, I hadn't really thought about it all that much. But yeah, 10 Things I Hate About You is a really good mirror to hold this movie up against because he does, like, the thing is, the stakes for him, for, for um, I can't, Patrick in 10 Things yeah. I Hate About You are very low. Like, he's getting paid to do this right. thing. But if he stops doing the thing, like he doesn't have some extra pocket money. Like, right. big deal. We right. don't even know what the stakes are in this movie. But, right. like, with Patrick, he, you know, he shows up, and I think he does find her genuinely intriguing, and I think that yes. Zach does too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the difference is, Patrick is charming in an effortless, that's just, like, his whole personality is like kind of backwards charming. Yeah. Like he's not even trying to be charming. Right. And that's kind of what the charm is. And that's why Kat is like, okay, but like, I do kind of want to get to know you a little bit more, even <laughs> though your entire existence bothers me. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, Zach comes across <laughs> as smarmy. Right. And so you don't understand why Lainey wants to hang out with him. And then when he's being genuinely, like, effortlessly charming with, like, the whole, okay, well, I guess I'll just hang out and play Sega with your brother. Right. Like, that should be smarmy, because you know exactly what he's doing, but he's also not right. hiding that that's what he's doing. Like, exactly. everybody involved knows exactly what he's doing there. Right. And that's why it's cute. Right. And And, I mean, let's face it. Absolutely, he should be not doing some of the actions. But Lainey is a grump. Like, oh, yes. if I'm if I'm her dad, and I see this guy who is sort of seeming like he's kind of a like my 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 son likes him. He's kind of being he's funny. He's sort of treating me with respect or whatever. Yeah, and he's saying, "Hey, let's go to the beach." To my daughter, who is sort of notoriously a grump, I'm not gonna force her because, you know. I'm a good dad, but I'm not going to necessarily not let him pull that move that I can, that everyone, like you said, everyone in the neighborhood can see that he's pulling. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, and I think that's the difference between Lainey and Kat in 10 Things I Hate About You, is that Kat is a, like, they're both smart mm -hmm. in, like, in their own way, but Kat is genuinely, like, Lainey has said, I'm not smart, I'm not a nerd. Like, art is my thing, and that's all I have. Yeah. Right. Kat is genuinely a smart person. Yeah. She 
they both see through a lot of the stuff, but Kat has like a dry, witty sense of humor where Lainey's Lainey's variety of sarcasm is almost just mean. Yeah. And it's clear, like they've they've both cultivated this armor of sarcasm, but in very different ways. Right. Kat is almost like, Kat has like a smart sarcasm that almost gets ahead of her opponent. Right. And cut like cuts them before they can cut her, where right. Lainey cuts herself before they can cut her. Right. And I agree it, with that. Yep. And it just I feel like it when you put those two characters next to each other, Kat is a much more dynamic mm-hmm. character. And it's yeah. and it's through no fault of the performances. No, absolutely. I not. mean, Rachel Lee Cook does a great job with Lainey. Lainey is just not sure. as likable a character. Right. Exactly. Yep. I was just you can cut this, but I was just thinking of of they're in the bookstore and Kat's like you you're reading the feminine mystique and he's like, "Yeah, have you? It's really good." Or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's like she's like, "I but yeah, wait. Yes, of course." And like just completely like he just like judos her yes. whole thing. And that's the type of conversation that would not happen between Zach and Lainey. Right, right. She would catch him reading some art book and she'd be like, really, you're reading that book? And he's like, yeah, these paintings are awesome. Like, have you looked at them? And she's like, yeah. Right. Of, like, I'm I'm an art student. Of course I've seen the Mona Lisa. Like, Right. It's weird because... I think Kat is painted as painted as a misanthrope. <laughs> yeah. But but she's compared to Lainey fairly open-minded and accepting of mm-hmm. others. <laughs> I think that Kat wants <laughs> Welcome to 10 things I hate about you minute. Um I think that Kat deep down wants to fit in in a way that Lainey doesn't. Right. Well, I mean, she but did. She, but like, she, right. But she she wants to fit in for who she is. Right. Where right. Lainey doesn't. Lainey's not going to. Neither one of them is going to play the games that the popular kids play. But Kat right. wants them to see how stupid their games are. And Lainey doesn't care what they think. Right. I think yeah, that. Lainey, yeah. Lainey's a, a little bit of a, of a nihilist in, yeah. that, in that regard. Lainey's like, whatever, I don't fit in. It's fine. I have my thing. And Kat's like, whatever. I didn't really want to fit in with you anyway. Yeah. But I, but if you did the thing I was going to do, maybe that'd be okay. Right. Like, I didn't... Yeah, it's, that, that is Kat's armor is, I didn't want to <laughs> fit in with you anyway. I'm just doing my thing. And I mean, if you want to do my thing too, that's cool. But like, whatever. I don't want you yeah. to do my thing. <laughs> Where Lainey's exactly. like, I don't want your, your thing is stupid. Yeah. And my thing's awesome. Yeah. So it, I don't yeah. want your thing. The the fact, the di- like, Kat is a believable high school senior to me. Yeah. And the reason why I keep saying I think Lainey is like a sophomore is because that feels like sophomore level. Like, I have yeah. I like my thing and I like it and I don't care what anyone else thinks. But I'm also, I feel like you reach by senior year for the most part a... I like my thing. You like your thing. It's fine. Right. I don't have to be hostile to you. You don't have to. Be. It's the um, Regina George at the end of Mean Girls. Yeah. Like it's 
we're fine. We're doing our thing. It's fine. Yeah. You know what? So. Becca from Pitch Perfect is Cat meets Lainey. Yep. Like, you put those two types of character together and it makes Becca. And the Bella, the entirety of the Bellas are Zach plus Patrick. Mm-hmm. Zach trick. Yeah. Um, actually, wait a minute. Jesse, funny, um, <laughs> is, is Zach plus Patrick. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, he really is. Because he's got that like effortless charm that yeah. Patrick has, but he also can turn on the very purposeful charm the way Zach does. And and then he has, I think, and again, like we've talked about, Zach I don't think is a jerk. No, he's not. He's, I mean, he's class president. He's an, he's an yeah, he, he's so, in general a good dude who is also yeah. an idiot 18-year-old boy. <laughs> Right, so the you know when when Jesse's like you 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 must be Jesse, you must be kidding me, and like looking around at Benji's like extra nerdy room uh-huh. decorations, mm-hmm. but then he recovered. He's like, no, I'm it's fine. I just need my eyes to adjust a little bit. Like that was where that was the line, Aaron, that I fell in love with that movie. Yeah, was oh, okay, wow, all right, open minded about cosplay, basically. Yeah. Like everyday cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So anyways. Uh, um huh. So anyways, the the gang's here. Lainey is apparently going to have to make friends with them. Apparently. She's gonna have to be social with them. Uh-huh. Aaron, why don't I why don't I be social and say our social media? Yeah, why don't you do that? Transitions. Um <laughs> We have a Twitter which is at uh, J-E underscore Minute Movies. That's for our podcast franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, individually, I can be found on Twitter at Unabashed James. And I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We're part of the Scavengers Network, home to many, many great shows, one of which is Timeline Scavengers. I This is a show that I'm on with Colin, the president. It's the show that I do with the president of the network. And it is basically... <laughs> Uh, everything in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, plus the TV shows, basically anything since, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe sort of started with, like, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, that Marvel has put out, we've put into basically a pot, and we're slowly pulling out, uh, in in historical order, each scene of the movie. So our episode one was the beginning of time. Episode two was... A giant meteor hit the earth and made Wakanda, which is the Black Panther land, mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. And so eventually we're going to get to, like, you know, uh, World War Two, after World War Two, et cetera, et cetera. So flashbacks and all sorts of stuff. We're going scene by scene. So we say it's a show literally designed to last forever. And um, it's been lots and lots of fun. So far, lots of history, not lots of um, Marvel stuff, because it's been like, the flashbacks to like what was the um 1918 influenza epidemic like sort sure. of deal instead of like uh you know wow thor punched that dude really hard i mean there's <laughs> been that but like sure <laughs> is it is it another short form like how long are your episodes like the like this this length i mean oh, okay. it depends on sort of what we're talking about but like sure. yeah 20 20 to 40 i think okay yeah and cool. it, they come out every wednesday um 
you can jump in whenever because when stuff when new stuff comes out that takes place before like during or before stuff we've already covered we're going to go back and cover it and slot it into where it goes in the timeline so if you listen from the beginning you're going to be fine but we'll always mention like all right we're doing a scene like there's a movie coming out in November called The Eternals which looks like it's going to have lots of stuff from the past that mm-hmm. we've already maybe covered. So we're going to say something like, all right, this week is an episode from this scene in The Eternals, which takes place in this time. So go back in the in the public, in the the RSS feed to, you know, this to this year. Because yeah. our episodes are titled Years so that we can... Right, keep um, track of them. Put, put them in and not have, like, episode four yeah. or whatever. That makes sense. So it's been lots of fun. A very good chance to flex some of my geekier, nerdier, sort of spreadsheety, I, what, but what time is it sort of deal. I do not doubt that. Yeah. it's It gets to a point where it's like, uh, like it's so interesting in a way that it's like, interesting, okay, so then it was night, now it's day, so that's the next day, but that's taking place during all this. Like, it gets convoluted when, like, one movie and another movie are maybe taking place at the same time mm-hmm. or whatever. It's very cool and and uh, also breaks my brain a little bit sometimes. Breaks my brain just way. hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun though. Um, and Colin and I have a good time doing it. So check it out. Timeline good. Scavengers. Yes. Um, hey, listen, speaking of the timeline, woof, this was an episode um, that took a lot of time, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I, I, I want to know about this episode, Aaron... Is 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 it a truck? Is it truck? No, James, it's episode. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.